a lot of the soil samples I've been taking have been dealing with um, some of the longer trim pastures that are out there. Uh, the pastures where there's um, an ability to compare just continuous crop cropping of continuous grazing versus rotational grazing, grazing to see if that has a difference on carbon sequestration and soil microbiota, that sort of a thing. Uh, it's uh, um, great that we're able to work with all producers of all stripes and types. So. Coffee, Cows and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. Welcome to today's episode of Coffee, Cows, and Crops. Today I'm talking to uh, Jay Beyer, a soil conservation analyst from uh, Gateway Research Organization in West Lock, Alberta. Thanks for joining me, Jay. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jay's currently working on a project that looks at the use of marginal land under adaptive management and continuous cropping. So before we get into that, can you give us a bit of a definition on how adaptive management works and uh, what it what it is for people who aren't familiar with it. You bet, sure. Uh, adaptive management for the purposes of the project that I'm working on uh, encompasses providing alternative tools and uh, other than just strictly annual cropping uh, to make marginal land better, more productive, and at the same time more environmentally friendly. This includes such strategies as ways to increase marginal land production, reducing input losses, increasing adaptation to climate change and thereby improving overall sustainability while decreasing greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. Can you give a bit of like a description of marginal lands and kind of what adaptive management might look like on that marginal land? For sure. When you're driving around, you see these fields that have like puddles that were obviously drowned out at some point in time. They had a few sloughs on them or that sort of a thing or areas with, with thinner swaths at harvest time, um, or, or where uh, producers see the yield monitor consistently dip every year, year after year. Those are likely the fields that we might want to consider for adaptive management. We'd look at things uh, that would uh, still provide a good income off of the areas, but a little different, perhaps a little more um, closely tuned to what that soil will produce and, and should produce and, and then um, get a decent return off of them that way. Right, that makes sense. So with that all out of the way, let's talk about your project. Um, so how about you give us a brief overview of that to start us off? What concerns sort of prompted this project? You bet. Over the past decade or so, it's been recognized that, that land, whether it's a portion of a field or a whole field, um, and otherwise, uh, um, you know, parts of the field are productive, parts not, perhaps. Uh, it may not have been profitable on the average year for the annual crop producer. Much of this land might be better uh, included in a forage rotation or part, part, possibly even turned into a, a riparian area uh, for better, more economic production for the whole rest of the field. 
allowing for better moisture management, better productivity, and a reduced risk of greenhouse gas productions. That's what prompted Gateway Research to uh, apply for funding on this project. And with the help of many experts, they properly uh, crafted an application to the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, and they were successful in that application. Awesome. It sounds like there's kind of two different sides of this project. So there's the the environmental side with the greenhouse gases and uh, the water management and that sort of thing. But there's also the economic side with the, the yield drops and that sort of thing. Uh, do you find that sort of stuff to be a bit in conflict or is the right environmental choice often the right economic choice too? Yeah, well, it might sound counterintuitive that making uh, different environmental land choices might actually help the pocketbook. This is exactly what the project is attempting to, to, to prove. There's economic evaluators such as the detailed provincial program called AgriProfits uh, and a similar uh, federal one called HOLOS, H-O-L-O-S, uh, which will be used to determine baseline economic returns and help to evaluate improvements using the adaptive management techniques that, that we are considering. Cool, okay. I've heard a little bit about AgriProfits before, but I've never heard of HOLOS. Can you give us a bit of a background on those two programs? For sure. AgriProfits takes a deep dive into a field-by-field -field, um, enterprise, by enterprise perhaps, or in our case, maybe we're even going to divide it into a subfield level uh, <laughs> on the ability of an activity in the past and present. Uh, they have a, a new module now, even with AgriProfits. It's been running for years and years. Uh, with the support of uh, uh, producers across the province, but they have a new module on it now that uh, will actually help calculate greenhouse gases based on uh, research norms from uh, certain activities. So oh, uh, Office is, a, is a, a great system with some new improvements. Uh, speaking of new improvements, Hollis is coming out with a, a new uh, a group now. It's a similar program in many ways, but it also allows producers to uh, see what might have been by changing things a, a little bit uh, one way or another, both inputs and results. Um, it also has a greenhouse gas estimator in it, so they can see what happens if they uh, change yield or, or change inputs by a, a slight amount and then seeing what the estimate based on the best research that they've gotten um, of greenhouse gases uh, uh, as a result of some of the changes that they might be considering to make. Interesting. So using those, you'll be able to kind of compare economic returns across the project, like from uh, both the continuous cropping fields and the adaptive management fields. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, they'd be able to compare the economic returns with, uh, with uh, a great deal of help from, the, from right across north central Alberta. Uh, with modern record keeping and, and yield analysis, these yield monitors are, are a real bonus. We can help determine local productivity and profitability of one management system, comparing it to other management systems or uh, comparing it perhaps to neighboring management uh, fields. And we should be able to compare the baseline profitability prior to an adaptive change and then after as well. So uh, we, can, we can see how those changes uh, impact carbon sequestration, greenhouse gas uh, production, and adaptivity to uh, to a changing climate. Um, and there will be additional benefits of the, the deep dive that we take into the, uh, the producer's analysis of, of individual fields and their entire enterprises.
Cool. So um, now that we talked about the economic side a little bit, um, what sort of tools and analysis will you be using to compare the environmental effects across the management systems? Right. We'll be using both observational and calculated tools to uh, compare the environmental impacts. Both uh, AgriProfits and Hollis, as was mentioned, have uh, the ability to, to give you a calculated figure based on um, what their best estimate would be. Uh, but we will also do uh, simple things like soil tests. Farmers can do this as well, compare their, their soil tests for soil carbon sequestration analysis. We're also looking at doing some uh, actual uh, greenhouse gas detection systems for some observational tests. Uh, and these tools will, will, will research the best calculations to, uh, to figure out exactly what the whole field would do based on small individual uh, uh, tests to, uh, to sniff out greenhouse gases such as nitrous oxide, methane, carbon dioxide, those sorts of things. And uh, we'll use those to help producers understand what their contribution is to reducing the release of greenhouse gases. Awesome. So all of that so far sounds like it's pretty easy for producers to get a hold of. Um, how does, like they can do all of that uh, soil carbon and stuff with their soil tests and that sort of thing. Um, is there, and I guess in the, in the polis and stuff, there's calculations for the greenhouse gases and all that stuff. Neat. Sure. Um, what sort of, what would you recommend to producers who are listening to this and they're like, oh, this might actually, you know, who have a, who have a, field in mind that doesn't always produce really well or that sort of stuff, like what would you recommend for them, for anybody who's thinking about doing some of these analysis on their own operations? Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, a lot of producers would have good tools available to them. They would have uh, soil tests going back several years. Hopefully they've also kept their, their yield monitoring data to, to see if they can uh, pinpoint some of these fields that have had um, uh, you know, yield dips in, in certain, uh, consistently in certain parts of their field. Um, but they can use those, those sorts of tools, but they can also use the calculation portion in, in Hollis particularly because that's, uh, that's open to anybody with a, with a computer sort of a thing to use and they can evaluate um, their environmental improvement over the years uh, and also uh, continued opportunities for, for enhancement uh, um, yeah, given what they've, what they've got in field situations. Right, that makes sense. So you've already started to do a little bit of initial testing. Is there anything that's really stood out to you so far? What we've been seeing so far, we've been doing some soil testing and we've been doing a fair bit of research uh, in, uh, in the theoretical side of things. Um, we have been uh, seeing some good carbon sequestration information based on historical data. Um, producers have, might be surprised when they, when they find out how much carbon they actually have sequestered based on uh, converting land to uh, um, perennial rather than annual cropping and just direct seeding, reduced tillage, that sort of a thing. Um, gosh, things are almost in the balance for the amount of, 
carbon dioxide that's been produced uh, compared to the amount of carbon that actually gets sequestered into a lot of these fields, particularly those that are in a perennial rotation or perhaps in a long-term perennial situation. So, um, so far, you know, there's lots of good news that we've already started down the road of, of uh, sequestering uh, greenhouse gases um, and, uh, and carbon particularly. Um, but also uh, the fact that there's there's opportunities for for improvement with perhaps changes to utility programs and that sort of a thing to reduce even more uh, impactful greenhouse gases such as uh, nitrous oxide and uh, and methane. So there's there's lots of opportunities for improvement, but we've also got uh, um, some uh, some good. Uh, good news stories that we can tell about how much we already have started uh, uh, reducing greenhouse gases. It's very cool to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, where, when are you planning to kind of post some results from this study and uh, where can people find them? You bet. Um, they can uh, always go to the GROW website, of course. Um, they can uh, go to our Facebook page. We'll probably uh, um, be uh, shipping uh, information out to uh, subscribers and that sort of thing. They even got a YouTube channel. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. So um, while we're just gearing up for uh, for our information and a lot of it, there'll be a lot more to come. Uh, we're we're quite excited about the fact that we are already seeing some some good stuff. Um, some of the soil tests, we've been finding some good information from um, the uh, people that do uh, soil analysis. We found a, a great deal on, on being able to uh, check out the actual field microorganisms in, uh, in, in soil and to, to see what they're like and how we can compare them from field to field. Um, there's a laboratory out of Ontario that's giving us a great deal on on being able to compare all of the microbiota uh, in, uh, in, in uh, soil. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, the Hollis program, they can uh, download themselves and uh, test out uh, what their carbon and uh, greenhouse gas footprint would be. Uh, they might wanna hang on with Hollis a bit because uh, apparently there is a new version of it coming out. It's in the uh, beta testing phase and it looks really great, this one really user-friendly. So they might want to hold off on, on downloading Hollis for uh, a month or two, maybe early in the new year when, uh, when things are a little slower and they, they are looking for things to do inside. Um, they could download Hollis from uh, the federal government um, and uh, um, do their own work on that. But they can also contact us for more information and we can talk them through some of the, from some of the systems. In addition, they can also uh, uh, talk to the agri-profits people with culture and sign up for their program to uh, get their information and particularly that greenhouse gas component, which is a new one with agri-profits. And I'm really excited to see how, how that gets detailed information on farm economics and then environmental analysis. So producers can do a lot on their own. They can contact us for, for direction on what to do and how to do it, but they <laughs> Uh, um, start walking down the road themselves and uh, and see where they get from there. Awesome. And I guess this is a little bit off script, but I see we've got a little bit of time left. So um, <laughs> a lot of this is um, 
it sounds like you're working on on the annual cropping side with a lot of this, but uh, you've also mo- no, uh-huh. you've also <laughs> talked a little <laughs> bit about uh, perennial rotations and that sort of thing. So, what kind of are you working with? Kind of all producers, uh, both uh, cash croppers and livestock producers. Like, what what uh, is the scope of this study? Yeah, yeah, we're working right across the board. Um, a lot of the soil samples I've been taking have been dealing with um, some of the longer trim pastures that are out there. At the regenerative management of some of the pastures where there's um, an ability to compare just continuous crop cropping of continuous grazing versus rotational grazing to see if that has a difference on carbon sequestration and soil microbiota, that sort of a thing. Uh, it's uh, um, great that we're able to work with all producers of all stripes and types. So um, we're, we're quite anxious to, uh, to carry on with that, um, particularly for the people in the grow area or central Alberta. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, especially like the comparison of, of the different grazing systems. Like that'll, that'll be really excited. neat to see up here. You bet. We're, we're all anxious to, to an analysis of the results there and to uh, move forward to, to see what happens when we look at adaptive management on, you know, trying to change a portion of the field. Uh, we realize that uh, um, having to uh, purchase a whole new line of equipment to, to deal with perhaps a uh, baling of, of straw or, or hay or that sort of a thing might be uh, a bit onerous on people, but trying to work with uh, arrangements on getting neighbors who, who who do that sort of a thing to, to do some of it and, and uh, still maintain the uh, economics of the of the field and and ensuring that the, the low areas that have always been a problem for the annual cropper might actually be of some benefit to uh, a person who's who's uh, looking at uh, bailing uh, hay for extended periods of, of uh, feeding and that sort of a thing. We're also looking at multi-species um, annual cropping and perennial cropping as well. Ooh. It's uh, perennial cereals or a blend of a wide variety of, of different uh, forage species that can take advantage of, of nutrients throughout the soil profile. There's all sorts of areas that we're, we're looking at that will uh, help us look at what adaptive management is and does. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. It's great fun. It's <laughs> we're really looking forward to getting some results off of this program. It's designed to be a, a two and a half, maybe three year program, uh, annually funded through through CAP and we're very uh, grateful to them. Uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to start producing some results in the short term as well as long term. Awesome. All right. Well. I guess that's close to our time, so. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, for, for anybody who's interested in hearing more about um, this project, you can check out the GROW website. That's uh, G-R-O, or Gateway Research Organization. Uh, they're out of Westlock, so. Uh, and follow them on all our social media and check out their video series. I'm pretty sure they've got some really cool videos up on their YouTube. And uh, yeah, keep keeping. We'll, we'll try and uh, follow up with you maybe next year and get some more results from you there, Jay. 
you bet for sure. We're also going to be putting a, a, a an introductory type video up on the YouTube channel. Um, we'll be doing some filming shortly to uh, to put an introductory uh, type video out that will will tell people what we're doing, where we're doing it, and how it uh, how it would be applicable to them. So we're looking forward to uh, to getting that and getting feedback on on that and and all the other work that we've done. When we started off this program. We uh, did some interviews with a number of producers to, to try and make sure that we were on the right track. And it seems that we are, um, but uh, we'd always appreciate feedback on where we can go and where we can best improve this program. Um, we can adapt as well as uh, producers uh, can adapt their, their, their soil. So we're looking forward to, to feedback and information from producers from across the province. Awesome. All right. And we'll... Uh... Depending on when this goes up, we should it should coincide pretty good. So we'll see if we can get that uh, YouTube video in the description of this podcast, and people can go check it out. So. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. It was really interesting to hear about this project, and I'm looking forward to hearing some results. For sure. We're, we're all anxious as well. Looking forward to our samples off and, and getting some results back as soon as we can. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for doing this. And to everybody listening, have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative and attractive to future generations. To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening.